good to see you. And welcome again as well. If you're new, it's really good to have you with us. Um, we are in the middle of a series uh, from the book of Haggai. Um, the posters are around the room. What kind of house will you build for me? Um, and oh, there's so much in my head right now. Uh, Elizabeth, that was really so helpful what you brought just then, I think. And it's just where we are as a church. And I think we're at a very key point, not just gateway, but God's church in this town and God's church in this nation further afield. And God is wanting to do something, absolutely what you said, to break us open and for those seeds of all that he's put in us to go out from church buildings and to be a blessing to those around. We've, um, as leaders, have just been gathering um, this last week, we had 48 hours together with all the other um, leaders of churches um, from regions beyond, which is the family of churches that we're part of. So all the UK leaders have been together in Gloucester this week um, for two days of crying out to God, seeking God, hearing stories from around the country, um, what God is doing, um, and really being kind of called on into all that's going on at the moment. And it was a, it was a great time. I know it's, it's it can be a bit naff when people come back from these kinds of things and say, oh, we just had a great time away. But the, 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 the point of saying it is that I really believe that God is doing something. We're, we are on the verge of God breaking open that pomegranate in that sense. And I think we need to, to lift our eyes to see beyond just our, our corner and our patch and say, God, come on, come and break in. This is, this is time. It's time. And it's time for us to seek God. It's time for us to be full of faith. Sela, it's great to see you. Welcome back, by the way, from Calgary. Nice to have you with us. Um, yeah. So, anyway, that's where we are. Exciting days. <laughs> Sorry. Um, let's get into God's Word together. Before we do that, let me just tell you one other thing, just uh, family news, really, just to let you know that um, some of you will know Doreen Walker, um, who actually died on Friday morning. She's been in a care home uh, for the last couple of years, um, not probably not many people actually now may remember uh, Bob and Doreen, but they were uh, a key part of Gateway really through the whole life of the church. They've been there since just about the very first Sunday. Um, Bob died a couple of years ago and Doreen died on Friday. So just want to really uh, just let you know about that. We'll let you know the details of the funeral in due course, but please be praying for the family. And also just to let you know, I don't know how many people know uh, or knew Sue McFadden, but also she died about a week ago, the weekend, uh, Saturday before last. Sue was um, with her husband, Neil, was part of the East um, site. Um, so maybe not a lot of people know her here, but it'd be great to be praying for Neil. Um, so just wanted to up, update you on those two things. We'll uh, give you details of the funerals in due course. Okay, so Haggai really is, it's such a book for where we are right now. And it is so, I so believe that God is wanting to speak to us through it and to grab hold of us. Really what we sense with looking at the book of Haggai is that God wants, it. really that book is a call to awaken from spiritual apathy. And I don't know if anybody in this room um, is prone to spiritual apathy at all. No, well, that's good, so we can all go home. 
I don't know about you, but I am prone to that. Are you prone to that? I think in our culture and in our environment, we are so prone to spiritual apathy, to being too comfortable and having life just kind of works. And it's so easy to drift from God and to ignore God. And the book of Haggai and what I believe he wants to use it for with us is really to say, wake up because God is on the move. Wake up because God wants to use the church. Wake up because God actually is amongst us and is so keen to use his plan A, which is the church, to massively impact the society in which we live and for Jesus to be glorified, amen, through the church. And it's so easy for the church to be sleepy and we want to say, God, come and wake us up in these days. Not only that, but remind us what we're called to. Uh, Not just gateway, but yes, gateway, we are... uh, a wash with prophetic words over us that have, that have come to us as a church over the whole life of Gateway over the last 26 years or so. We, there are so many prophetic words, things that are within us, that God has spoken over us. And I believe that these are days for starting to see some of them come to fruition. But it's not just about Gateway. It absolutely is about what God is doing in this town, which is hugely significant right now. Um, and what he's doing in the nation as well. And every time that God shakes the nation, which is what he was doing at the time of Haggai and is, does at all different points through history, doesn't he? Every time that God shakes the nation or disturbs things in the natural, then there's always a moment and an opportunity for the church to rise up. And as soon, and isn't that right? That every time some of the idols of our society, whether that be success or money or organization or political power, whatever the idols are, as soon as some of them start to wobble and to come down, there's a moment for the church to rise up and say, actually, God wants to do something with his church. And that's always been his plan. And that's still his plan. It was his plan when Haggai the prophet spoke to the church in Jerusalem. And it's his plan now that he would stir us and shake us and remind us what the church is about, who we're supposed to be and what the impact of the church is supposed to be in the society around us. And every time we see things shifting in our world, as they are right now, as a church, we should say, great, God, what do you want to do? Great that things are moving around. Great that things are becoming unsettled. Great that you're shaking things around. God, what do you want to do now through the church? And may we be ready as your people to respond in the day of your power. Amen? So at the time uh, when the the prophet Haggai spoke, you will know, if you know a bit of Old Testament history, that um, the Israelites had gone into exile, the Babylonians had taken over, and they'd gone into exile in 587 BC, or uh, Jerusalem had been destroyed, the temple had been destroyed, uh, the Israelites were taken off into captivity in exile in Babylon. Uh, they'd been there for quite some time, but actually... God was on the move again when we get to the prophet Haggai. And the Persians had now overcome the Babylonians. So there'd been a massive tectonic plate shift uh, in that area in the Middle East. Um, The Babylonians had been conquered. They were thought to be this incredible, strong civilization. But the Persians found a way to overcome them. Babylon had collapsed. And actually, uh, in the purposes of God... What the, what the Persians allowed the Israelites to do was to go back to their own nation. And actually, they said, go back and start rebuilding your city, start rebuilding the temple. So actually, it was an amazing time when God's people could begin again uh, to go back to their land, to go back to the temple and start to do the things that God had always told them to do. And they began in a great way. 
They were excited. They went back. They started to rebuild. But very quickly, we learn through what the prophet Haggai is saying, very quickly, they got distracted with other things. Very quickly, other things in life started to, to take over. And if you remember the first part of the book of Haggai, uh, the first oracle of the prophet, if you like, was when Haggai comes to the people of God and says, what's happened? You've stopped focusing on rebuilding the temple of God. Actually, you're focusing now on rebuilding your own houses. What has, what, you're paneling, do you remember the phrase, you're paneling your own houses, you're making them all nice, but actually God's temple has stopped being rebuilt. There's no investment, there's no activity going on the temple, but you're all focusing on your own lives, on making them nice, on paneling your own houses, on being comfortable in life. And that was the prophet's call, was to say, wake up. Actually, lots of things are not working out too well for you in life. Your crops are not doing that well. You're not being that successful. There's lots of problems, actually, in the nation. And it's because, God says, through the prophet, it's because you're not focusing on me. It's because you're not doing the main priority, which is to worship me and to glorify me and to rebuild the temple and to give a priority to the worship and the adoration of God. They got distracted from that. They weren't doing it anymore. They'd lost their focus. They were too busy having nice lives and planning their lives. And God says, actually, where things are going wrong and where things are not being, going too, too good for you guys, that's because you haven't prioritized me. And how much, are we, how much is this a relevant word to us in our day? That we are so busy with the things of life. And we are so comfortable with the things that we have and our busy programs and our nice houses and our, our holidays and that, that actually we're so easily distracted from God's purposes, from prioritizing his house, from saying, God, what do you want to do with us? Lord, through us, will you build your house and will you impact the nation through us? And the prophet says to the people of God, come on, wake up. It's time to rebuild God's house. It's time to shift your focus. Because actually, and isn't this a lesson in life that comes in Haggai, but it comes all through the scriptures, that actually when we prioritize our own agendas in life, then actually nothing actually works out that well. That's what he's saying to them. But actually the Bible says, Jesus says, doesn't he, seek first my kingdom and all the other things that you need will be added to you. It's just a... It's just one of the basic principles of life, the way God created it in this world. If we give our attention to our own things, the whole, it, it, God's kingdom doesn't get built, but also don't, things don't tend to go that great in life. But actually, if we give our attention to the things of God, if we prioritize him, if we seek first his kingdom, his kingdom advances, the church gets built, People get to understand who Jesus is. Society begins to be transformed. But not only that, God looks after us. He looks after all the things going on with us. Seek first his kingdom and all the other things fall into place. And really that was the message of Haggai 01. Was to say, come on folks, awaken. It's time to stir ourselves. It's time to listen to the voice of God. It's time to prioritize the kingdom of God, building his house, his agenda, making sure that our first priority in life is to seek him and to say, God, what do you want to do with us? How do you want to use us? And everything else will fall into place. 
That was the message of Haggai 1. And when you look at that, there was an awful lot going on in the, in the Middle East. There was an awful lot of, there were empires uh, rising and falling at that time. But in the midst of it all, the primary thing that was going on was that God was wanting to shake his people. God was wanting to use his people. God was wanting to build up his people. Because throughout the whole of Bible history, and it's true today, God's plan A is the church. Amen? God's plan A for transforming society, for reaching people, for people coming to know him, for God being glorified. God's plan A for reaching that destination is his people, is us. Amen? It's true, isn't it? But God needs a people who are awakened to him. God needs a people who are stirred. God needs a people who are seeking after him and pursuing him and saying, God, won't you come? We, we want to prioritize you. We want to put you first. And then won't you come and break in on us? Won't you come and be glorified in your church? Won't you come and be seen in the church so that people would encounter God and God would be glorified and he would have uh, a people throughout the earth who worship him. Amen? Isn't that always God's agenda? His agenda is always to, and he will do all sorts of things through the history of nations and the ups and downs of circumstances to ensure that his church is where he wants it to be. It was the story all through the Old Testament, wasn't it? That people got distracted, they went off and did their own thing. They got into all sorts of problems. God allowed that to happen, allowed other nations to overtake them and all those kind of things so that they might be awakened again, so that they might realize actually it was God that they needed, that they were his people. And I believe that we're in a day again where God wants to shake us and say, come on, wake up. Wake up to my purposes. Wake up to what I want to do in the church. Don't prioritize paneling your own houses as the metaphor goes, don't prioritize the things that uh, just make life comfortable, but actually seek me, see what I want to do, and let me break out through the church and touch the nations of the world. Amen? God's priority is always to be working on his church so that the church would be the vehicle for the display of his splendor in the world. And I believe that's what God wants to do with us in these days. I believe he wants to awaken us. I believe he wants to stir us. I believe there's a a window of opportunity for us to respond to what God is doing and to pursue him. And to say, God, stir me. God, examine my heart. God, if if I have any idols within myself, other things things that have taken your place, God, have become more important to you in me, then I want you to come and deal with them. I want you to point them out to me. I want you to remove them. I want to repent of them. I want to be positioned, God, rightly so that you can use me and use the gifts that you've put in me so that together with all those other gifts and all those other people that you've gathered in your church, we might come together for the display of your splendor in our day. And the great news is, at the end of chapter one of Haggai, is that the people respond It's not always like that when the prophets in the Old Testament speak. But actually, at the end of chapter 1, people, their hearts are stirred. The Lord, it says, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, who was the governor. And he stirred up the spirit of of, um, Joshua, the priest at the time. And he stirred up the spirits of the people, and they began to rebuild again. And they began to work on the temple again. 
And they began to realize that God was amongst them and that he had purposes for them. And they responded to God's awakening. And the question is, how will we respond in our day? You see, I think this is not just a nice sermon series that we've decided to do at Gateway. I believe so much that this is God's word to us in our day. I think Colin mentioned on the first, uh, the first Sunday when he spoke about this, that we were in a good news for Swindon prayer meeting in September. You see, we have had some prayer meetings. It's just that it was a, the last one was a good news for Swindon one with other churches in the town. And we were just saying that we were... I was sitting behind one of the other church leaders in the town, uh, Steve Robinson from Gorsill Baptist, who had open on his seat Haggai 1. We were about to start the preaching series that week. And I said to him, oh, you, you had Haggai 1 open. He said, yeah, I just believe that that's God's word for us in Swindon right now. Amen. Amen. And then, uh, you might remember, you might have been here the other week when uh, Lee Rayfield, the Bishop of Swindon, popped in on a Sunday off um, in his jeans and it was just amongst us and we prayed for him. Were people here that Sunday? Do you remember that? He was so encouraging to us and we bumped him to him again yesterday, actually. I don't know what God's doing at the moment. Keep seeing him. <clears throat> but he loved being here, he said. But one of the things he said to us at the end was, um, do you know what? I've been reading Haggai at the moment. I think it's really relevant for where we are right now. And it keeps coming again and again. And I think through all sorts of different people, different church streams, God is speaking and saying, this is what I'm doing. Are you listening? And that's the question. That was the question to them right back then was that God said through the prophet, are you listening? Are you listening? And God sent Janet Brand Hollis to us last week. I don't know if you were here. If you weren't here, um, and you didn't hear Janet Brand Hollis, who's a prophet who works amongst our family of churches across the nations. And that was her message to us as well, wasn't it? Come on, wake up and see what the church is about. See that every one of us has gifts that are to be used. Be careful of where your heart is in that because it's so key where our heart is uh, towards the church because the church is the vehicle that God wants to use. And so church, awaken. Understand you've got gifts. Understand God is positioning us, if only we'll let him, that he might pour out his glory and he might be seen through the church. And it's his message. And we keep hearing it again and again. Will you prioritize building the house of God? Will you prioritize the people of God that he might be allowed to do all that he wants to do in our day? It's important. So how will we respond is the question. I believe the call to us is the same as it was in Haggai's day. Will we respond? To, will we allow the spirit of God to stir us? Will we say, God, what do you want to do with me? And this is for every one of us because God says that every one of us is a part of his body that he wants to use, that he's given gifts to, that has a part to play in the building of his house, that we might be for the display of his splendor. Amen? So will you go after God in these days? It's the question for each of us. Will we seek him? Will we ask him to examine? Will we examine our hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to point out things that need to change, priorities that need to be adjusted, time that needs to be used differently? so that he might do what he wants to do. And I, I don't know about, so I think this has been going on with us over a number of months, maybe a couple of years actually in different ways. And I don't know about you, but just my own testimony is that over the last, I would say just the last couple of months in particular, I just feel like I've had to examine my heart afresh in lots of different attitudes that I didn't really know were in there that God has, has highlighted to me, just attitudes towards people, towards other leaders, 
just God saying, come on, I, I'm, this, I'm about something here. And it's not, you need to change. I actually want to transform you so that you might be the vehicle that I've called you to be. And I, I've had to do a lot. I, I feel like I'm constantly repenting at the moment, which I, I reckon is a good position to be, a, a good attitude to be towards God. But I believe it's a time of repentance and allowing God to point out stuff that needs to be changed within us. And so we come, in case you thought I wasn't going to read any scripture today, and so we come to Haggai's second message, which is in chapter 2. And let me read uh, the first nine verses of chapter 2. So the people's responded well to start with, to Haggai's message, but... Very quickly, we realize they get discouraged again. Oh my goodness, isn't this the story of God's people again and again? So this is what the the prophet says. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people and say, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. So as the people begin to rebuild and start to respond to Haggai's first message, we realize that there's a whole mix of emotions going on. Because the temple that they're rebuilding is not a patch on the original temple, on Solomon's temple, which was glorious and full of gold and incredibly splendid. And people from, uh, from countries around came and looked on it because it was the most magnificent thing. And the people in Haggai's time... Zerubbabel and Joshua and the gang, they, they realise that what they're rebuilding is never going to look like, jo- like Solomon's temple. It's never going to be that glorious. But the, and, so, and so there's a whole mixture of emotions, and some of them are excited about the rebuilding, and some of them actually are pretty delusion, disillusioned, because they're like, oh, this is, we're never going to get any, this is never going to be like it was. And And Zerubbabel, you're not even the king. We used to have kings. Now you're just a governor. You're actually a puppet. You're under the authority of Persia. And Joshua, well, we used to have high priests with a glorious temple. You haven't even got a temple to be a priest in. And some of them are getting discouraged, even though they've been called back to the rebuilding. And this also is what always happens with God's people. It's that it's so easy to be discouraged as we look around us. Because we see things as they are on the ground and we look and we say, well, I, it, 
you know, I, I hear what the prophets are saying. I hear people coming in and saying God's purpose is through the church. I, I see what it says in the Bible. But when I look around me, what, it doesn't look that exciting. It's not that sparkly. And by the way, back in the, oh, you should have been around in 94 where the temple was gold and sparkly, or as it was here, uh, you know, there was the Toronto blessing. And, and no, it might not be that for you, but people often hark back to, oh, well, in these days when I was in this church, it was fantastic. Why can't it be like that? Or it used to be like this. Do you remember in the early days of Swindon Family Church? Oh, do you remember before this? And it's always the case. It's always like that amongst the people of God. It was like that for Haggai and it's like us, that for us now. And the prophet comes and comes again today and says, no, 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 no. Don't look on the surface. See what God is doing behind the scenes. See what God has called his people to be. Don't get distracted. Don't get easily discouraged. Be strong. Fear not. My spirit is in you. Actually, see where this is all going. Where this is going to end is glorious. Where this is going to end is a people from every tribe and tongue and nation before the Lamb in a world where there's no crying and pain. And look, This is going to a glorious place. And you, church of God, are the beginnings of that. Never mistake that. Don't be easily discouraged. Yes, there's all sorts of setbacks now. The Bible says that we have treasure within us. The gospel is the only true treasure in the world. Amen salvation, getting to know God, living with him forever. It's the only true treasure, but we have it in jars of clay. So it doesn't look that great on the outside. And we muck up and we disappoint one another. And the church doesn't always seem to do the things that it seems like it should. But my spirit is amongst you. You, church, are the temple of the living God. And my spirit actually dwells amongst that temple. That is the truth. The truth is you are filled with the Spirit of God. And that as we're together as God's people, he says, I'm going to dwell amongst you. And I want to use you increasingly. I want to break open the pomegranate in these days. But don't lose sight of who you are. Don't get easily discouraged. See that the direction of travel is towards glory. Actually, uh, Actually, Haggai says there will be, one day there was going to be a massive shaking. And everything that is not, everything that is shakable, everything that is created right now is going to disappear. And actually, I'm going to create, a, I'm going to have a, a new heavens and a new earth for the people of God to, uh, to, to dwell with me in. So there will be a shaking, there will be ultimately, you might think there's bits of shaking in the world now. It's nothing compared with the shaking that will, that will be when Jesus comes again. But, Tell you what, the church of Jesus Christ is the bit that won't be shaken. This will not be shaken. Guys, see what the, see, you are, you will be glorious beings, the like of which creation hasn't seen. You will be. You will have new bodies. You will live in a new heavens and new earth. It's glory, the direction of travel is glorious. So don't get easily distracted by what's going on. Don't get easily discouraged. See what I want to do as my spirit dwells amongst you. Be strong. Be filled with the spirit. Be stirred that you might be all that I want you to be in these days. That I might be, that the, the, the church might be in a position where I can break open the pomegranate and the seeds can go out and my glory can be seen. Amen. See the big picture. The future of this house 
the prophet Haggai says, the future of this house is so much glorious than, he says to them, so much glorious than what Solomon's temple was like. The future of the people of God is so much more glorious. And God wants to inhabit his people right now in our day. He wants to stir us that we might be the vehicle that he can use in our day. Amen? I've been really challenged lately as I've been reading through a lot of the minor prophets just as I was preparing for this series, really. And I've been so challenged by the prophet Jonah. Because, you know, Jonah, he... He's a, I think he's a much misunderstood guy. And you know, you know the chapter four, the last, uh, last chapter of Jonah, where he sits under his little, his little plant and he, and he enjoys the shade. And then when God takes the, sh- the, the plant away with the worm that eats the plant, he gets all cross and irritated and grumpy with the smallest thing. And I just felt so, I felt so convicted as I was reading through Jonah. Because, you know, the, the, the important thing on God's agenda is the great city of Nineveh. And he says, there's a great city out there, Jonah. And that is my priority, is to see many people saved and many people transformed and that great city transformed. And even after Jonah has seen that, he's still being grumpy under his little plant, getting irritated about things that annoy him. And I'm so like that, little things that come in the way and they become the big thing in my head and I get cross about them and they, I get distracted. And God says, no, I've got a great city out there. That this, that's my priority. And now will the church rise up and look at the great city. Stop being distracted by things that you get so easily grumpy about and focus on what I want to do in this great city that I've put you in and God has put us in a great city increasingly I refuse I, increasingly I'm calling Swindon a city because uh, just because there's something about a city there's a weight to it and it's, it's Swindon's the size of a city it might not have some of the things but I, I, I want to declare over Swindon this great city and this great city is a place that God wants to bring transformation and God is doing something with his churches in this town in these, these days that we uh, would do well not to miss amen there is something happening that is a little bit different uh, to what's gone before, and God wants to break in on this great city. But the vehicle that he must use, because that is his plan, is the church. And so he is stirring his church so that we might be ready to impact this great city. Amen? And I believe this is a moment in our history where there's a call to us to respond to God so that he can do what he wants to do in the days ahead. It is, we've, I don't, hopefully some of you will have heard, we've talked about a prophetic word over regions beyond the family of churches that we're part of about a new era coming in right now. And, we, and having been amongst our churches this week, I so believe that that is the case. And I want to read that prophetic word to you again right now, um, just to remind you, because I want us to live with this. And this is the prophetic word that came to Reasons Beyond a few months ago. I believe God is taking us into a new era. It's not a change of season, as it's not something we've experienced before. New eras present a total change of landscape, which brings about such a significant change um, in the mode of operation. Seasons are recognizable by those who've experienced them before, and you can find yourself back at the same place. A new era is something totally new. And we are receiving that. Okay, We are standing on that ground and saying, yes, Lord, we believe you are bringing us into a new era. And that's why Elizabeth's picture of the pomegranate was so helpful, I think, because it is about the church being broken open for the good of 
Well, this great city, but beyond as well. And interestingly enough, one of the things we heard this week was that it's not, again, as I said before, this, God's doing this surprise, surprise uh, all across his body. And so just a, a month or so ago, there was a prophetic word that, came, word that came to Bethel Church, which you may know over in California, Bill Johnson and all of that, big influence around the world. And here's the prophetic word to, that came to them just recently. I thank you, Lord, that this is not just a new season. This is a completely different church setting, okay? But that you are ushering us into a new era. I feel like the Lord is saying, welcome to a new era in the church of Jesus Christ. For this is going to be a time when you are going to um, watch me move in ways that are unprecedented. You'll have a compass and a roadmap from my word, but I'm about to do things in you that no other generation dared to do. You are about to watch the mo me move through the generations as I launch people into ministry, even in their 90s. I love that. Is there anybody here today in their 90s? No, not quite. Oh, we would have prayed for you then. <laughs> uh, if you're in your 80s or your 70s, maybe just claim it anyway. At the same time, I'm going to raise up toddler prophets and evangelists and those that will work, walk in the gift of healing. This is a season that I'm, in, that I'm interrupting things as I'm reestablishing what is normal in the kingdom. Oh, I love that phrase. That is so what God wants to do. I'm reestablishing what is normal in the kingdom. Isn't that right? Don't you long for that, that God would reestablish what is normal? That this, how we do church, it's not normal, is it? It's, there's not enough of God going on amongst us right now. When you look through the pages of the Bible, we, we want more, don't we? And God, I believe, in this new era wants to reestablish what's normal in the kingdom. Amen? Do you want to be part of that? That's my question. Do you want to allow God to stir you in these days that we might be part of reestablishing what is normal in the kingdom, that we might begin to see the city impacted? So I want to call us to that. I want to call us to respond in these days. As Callum said, I want to call us to prayer in these days. That is so key that we go after God. This is not something that we manufacture. This is something that we seek God for. And so as we do 24-7 again, I believe the timing of that is so key. Again, just chatting to the bishop yesterday, sorry for name dropping, but he was saying again about Honda and there's a move across, of a number of churches coming together across this town to say how can we serve the guys who are um, being affected by Honda and all the knock-ons of that right down the supply chain. And there's a group of people praying, people from different churches gathering to pray and begin to say, God, and want to gather others to that to say, God, you, again, use this moment in the natural to do something through the church. Always what, that's always God's pattern, isn't it? As things are shaking in the natural, let's not get depressed about that. Let's say, God, what do you want to do now in this moment? And so there's a call to prayer uh, for, for Swindon with Honda and all of that. Uh, I was reading uh, also this week, there's a, a national call to prayer again with all that's going on with Brexit. Uh, a load of Christians across government saying, let's pray on the 30th of October, three days of prayer and fasting. But it's, what the point is, it's happening right across. God's doing the same thing, saying, come on, guys, it's time to rise up. It's time to be serious. It's time to examine our hearts. It's time to go after God. It's time to pray. And it's time to, to say, God, won't you now raise up your people as you've always intended, as they planned, in this new era that we might see you break in, uh, in this nation and beyond. Amen? So can we stand together? Actually, no, let's not. Sit down a minute. 
sorry. But I, I, don't, I don't want this to be an automatic thing. What I want us to do is let's close our eyes. And the question is, what, God, what do you want to do with me in these days? Am I going to allow you to examine my heart? Am I going to allow you to stir my spirit? Am, am I ready to change priorities in these days? Am I ready to do different things with my time, my money, my energy, my gifts? Lord, am I ready for you to shift things around that you might position me as part of your church to be your plan A for this nation, this city in these days? And the call to us, along as the prophet Haggai said to the people back then, the call is be strong. Fear not. Okay, this is a time for boldness for some of us. If there's things in your heart, you know what? The, the strap line of Honda is the power of dreams. Well, hey, slightly ironic maybe in this day in Swindon, but the point is, what, what, what's your dream in God in these days? Be bold. Be very bold. These are days for boldness, for courageousness, for not fearing, for examining our hearts, for saying, God, will you position me and will you challenge me that my, I might be part of a church that is the answer, part of a church that is transformative? And if that's, what, if that's in your heart this morning and you'll say, yes, God, that's, that's, that's me, I'd love to invite you to stand. Don't do it because everybody else is. This is a you and God moment. Father, I want to pray that you would come by your spirit. I want to pray for your anointing now on every person standing before you, Lord. Let's lift our hands before him. Father, we want to be the church that you had in your heart when you sent your son to die on the cross. We want to be that church. And we want to pray in these days that you would stir us, that you would embolden us, that you'd make us ruthless with our schedules and with our priorities, that you'd cause us to be obedient, that you'd cause us to pursue you and to seek you in these days. Lord, that you would truly do something with your church that we've not seen before. And Lord, that you would re-establish what is normal in the kingdom. Father, we pray, pour out, I pray, pour out your spirit. I bless you now in the name of Jesus. I ask that God, that you would pour out your spirit. I ask that you'd be speaking to us in the days ahead, stirring our hearts, Lord, quickening us, Lord, causing us to be hungry and thirsty for you, putting in a fire in our bellies in the days ahead, Lord. Come upon your church, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen.